0: Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today, you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. Today's message is Trophy of Grace for my note takers. I am a trophy of grace. You are a trophy of grace. Grace goes beyond a gender or an age. Grace It reaches far and wide and high and deep and that's the beauty of this Savior is that we're all eligible right to receive this grace and so I want to talk about this grace today and I feel him in the room and I'm at peace and I just "Mm, this is a sweet sweet spot when you kind of don't have a care in the world I so believe in who I'm talking about and I so believe in this passage and this message and the message that God is speaking through this passage, I'm just excited. And I'm just honored to be in the room. Are you happy to be in the room today? Everyone say, I'm a trophy of grace. So today we're gonna spend some time unpacking the story of a woman named Hannah. Hannah means grace. I was gonna save that for the end, but I just love it because even though Five children, five is the number of grace, Hannah. I mean, the story, it's just in the room today and online and in the watch party. The story of grace is on repeat. I do want you to sit back, buckle up and get ready because this scripture is really throw me for a loop. It's really entertaining, and it's funny because we thought that The Bachelor just came on the scene in the last 15 years. Y'all, The Bachelor has been around for thousands of years because this right here is literally The Bachelor, okay? It's an episode of The Bachelor. We got two roses. We got a man waiting, and I'm just really interested. Lord, you knew not to put me in the Bible, okay? Because I promise you, I would have given you a real good story, okay? I'd get kicked out of the Bible, I'm just saying, because let me tell you. You're about to know why, and I'm going to get to it in just a second. 1 Samuel 1, 1 through 19. Here's the deal. It's a really, really, really long passage. And I really encourage you to go home and study it. Read it. Read it for yourself. Not just what I'm saying, but I want you to dive into it. Google it. Look up commentaries because it is a powerful scripture. It's too long to read today. But I really encourage you to go read it when you get home. I'm going to summarize it. Verse 1 and 2. There once was a man named Elkanah. He had two wives. That's what I'm talking about. That's where I would have got kicked out of the Bible. You see what I'm saying? I'm letting y'all know. Elkanah had two wives. The first one was Hannah. The second was Panina. Panina had children. Hannah did not. First of all, can I just stop and say, I feel like a theologian because I can pronounce these names. Let me tell you how hard I was studying, trying to, you should have heard me on the dwell app and the Bible app. Y'all, I was really going through trying to get these names right. I still don't know if they're right, but we're gonna believe that they are right in Jesus' name, okay? Thank you, Jesus. It says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Every time she went to the sanctuary of God, the sanctuary, the house of God, she could expect to be taunted. Sanctuary means refuge. And it says that she would go to the sanctuary, her refuge, her safety, and she could expect to be taunted. What do you do when you, your place of refuge consist of tormenting and taunting. I feel like potentially today, Mother's Day, a lot of people stay away because we're highlighting mothers and it's a sting, it's a a torment, it's a taunting. But Hannah today teaches us how to respond. Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite. She was grieving so much. She was so sad, so devastated that she lost her appetite. Says her husband Elkanah said, Oh Hannah, why are you crying? Why aren't you eating? And why are you so upset? Am I not of more worth to you than 10 sons? Says so Hannah ate. Then she pulled herself together, slipped away quietly and entered the sanctuary. Holy Spirit, breathe, Holy Spirit, breathe. Hannah is my hero. Last week, uh, Taurus at the two o'clock taught on Hannah and I'm coming from a completely different angle because when I look at Hannah, as I've studied Hannah over the past week, I am so honestly in in astonishment. I'm so amazed by Hannah and her life and her humility and her willingness to stay leaned into the Spirit of God despite what she saw. I believe that we can learn many lessons from Hannah. So for my note takers, go ahead and write out lessons from Hannah. Number one is that barrenness invites us. When I was looking up in the dictionary, barrenness, exactly what that meant, it said not producing and then it said no fruit, but there were two words that jumped off the page to me and it, it said no results. No results, um, that's very intriguing because no results is like it's not a yes or a no. <laughs> and I think that reality is, is that everyone in the room has faced or will face a season or seasons of barrenness. Seasons of barrenness, it's something that leaves a hole in your heart, a void in your life, an emptiness where you keep asking God to show up. You're begging God, you're on your knees, you've prayed and you have fasted. You're asking God, I need you in this area of my life and yet no results. You're not getting a response. I think no results are more frustrating than a solid no, because give me a no and I, I'll accept it. Okay, it is what it is and I can know how to plan for my life accordingly. But no results. I, I don't know if I should keep hoping. I don't know if I should give up. No results. What do you do when God doesn't do what you know he has the power to do? He's able, right? We sing about it. We just sing about it. He's able to do it. But why isn't he doing it? Maybe you've been praying for your mom's healing. Praying, fasting, pleading. Begging God. Tears. Begging God over and over. Day in and day out. You don't stop. And yet, she's only getting worse. And you don't know what's going to happen. And it's, it's your barrenness. It's... What do you do when you've filed bankruptcy? You had dreams, you had the best job, you had it all together and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you're hit with bankruptcy and you don't know what is gonna happen next and you're just, you're just out here. What do you do when the world says you're supposed to be married at 24 and now you're 34 and you're still not married and there's the pressure about, hey, are you married? Oh my gosh. You feel the, the stings and the stares and you feel the pressure and the weight and you also feel the voids because you long for a family. You long to be married. You long to sleep next to someone. You long, you crave, you desire. And your desire is valid. God created us, right? To be in communion, being one with a person and yet there's a void. It's your season of barrenness. I think barrenness is beautiful, but that also makes you probably wanna roll your eyes. Okay, we get it, it's, barrenness is beautiful. No, but, but truly, barrenness does what the top of the mountain, the highs of life, the joys of life cannot do. Barrenness invites us to a place like no other place can. It's a secret, a special, a gutting, yet a beautiful place. Ultimately, we all wanna avoid it. We sing about it. You're all we want. You're all we've ever needed. But then when all of a sudden we are stripped of the things that we want and we're faced with uncertainty and we're faced with the barrenness, now we hate it. We wanna run away from it. The mountaintop doesn't invite us there. The perfect marriage doesn't invite us to this place. It's the barren, the empty, the silent place where all hope seems lost. You have no more tears to cry. You're all cried out. You're exhausted and you're weary. You're tired of fighting. Can I just tell you that God can handle all your frustrations, all your disappointments, all your questions? But it is in that place of barrenness with the questions and frustrations that Christ invites us to an intimate space. I can I can actually see it. It's like a you know when you get the invitation from say a a person of influence and you just feel honored and you feel so cool because you got invited and you walk in and you got the little place setting with your name on it and you're just feeling all like, you're really feeling yourself, right? How much greater the Savior of the world has a table in a private room with your name on it and he's inviting you to this deep, deep place It doesn't look appealing, but this place is what is shaping you and preparing you for what's on the other side. There is blessing. I can confidently say there is blessing on the other side of the barrenness, but you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have to accept the invitation. Hannah has been invited and She seems to be doing everything right. She's kind and she's humble and she's faithful. And yet she's living in a house with Penina, who is cruel, who is mean, arrogant, tormenting, bullying, taunting. And yet Penina gets the one thing that Hannah wants. Why doesn't Hannah get it? Verse five, it says, the Lord had closed her womb. I just sat on that for a second. God, why did you close her womb? And I think sometimes we gotta be careful as communicators because you wanna actually give reason to that. But I honestly have no idea why he closed her womb. And I think sometimes we don't know why God does what he does. Why doesn't God heal this pastor's daughter from cancer? I don't know, he can, why didn't he? I don't know. But God can handle our questions. God can handle our, the fact that we're mad at him. Because God loves us. He gives us not necessarily what we want. He gives us what we need. And sometimes we think we know what we need and it's really just what we want. So we have a savior who steps in and he actually keeps us and he protects us and he puts boundaries around us and he He closes our wombs. I don't really know why. But with Hannah being so well-behaved, a lover of Jesus, and Penina not being so well-behaved, cruel and mean, this reveals that our good behavior doesn't earn us the right to open what God has closed. How often do we work for what we want from God? You want a child so badly, and so you start babysitting. You start serving in your kids' ministry, because you're thinking, God, if I just do this, if I just say, you'll see me. And yet, the pregnancy test is still negative. Why is that? But Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Hannah prays here. She says, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me, how often do we attach God not giving us what we want to neglect? God is not neglecting Hannah. God's delay is not God's decline. And I think often with my kids, they want five bags of Skittles, four bags of Oreos, three Red Bulls, and I tell them no, and their response is, ah, you don't love me, Mommy. And I sit there and think, because I'm not giving you what you want, you automatically think I don't love you. And I'm actually not giving you what you want because I know what's best for you. God's delay is not God's decline. He's actually inviting Hannah to a deeper place, a place of barrenness, where there is a void that only he can fill. This is the consistent message that only he can fill. What does barrenness look like for you? In a room full of, gosh, over a thousand people, what does your barrenness look like? And I want to invite you into that place, into that seat, specifically assigned just for you. God is saying, you're not neglected, I see you, but I want to invite you into this space where it's one-on-one, I'm gonna take you deeper. Number one, what is it? Barrenness invites us. Number two, Hannah teaches me that consistency strengthens us. In verse six, it says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Every time she went to the sanctuary of God, she could expect to be taunted. Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite. There are two things here that stand out to me. One is that Hannah keeps showing up despite. I'm amazed by the grace that Hannah carries because she's consistent year after year. She's expecting, you can expect. She could expect to be tormented and taunted and yet she kept going, consistency. Hannah didn't know the outcome, but she did know that she would be taunted she understood the power of consistency. She didn't give up just because she didn't like how she felt or what she saw. She, she stayed consistent. Consistency is key in everything that we do. And I think the problem with a lot of us is that we give up too soon because we don't see the results we wanna see as quickly as we want. I'm guilty of it. I love Doritos. Ranch, right? Do you like ranch or cheese? ranch, okay? I like both, so I have both. And Pastor Robert gets upset because I have junk food in our pantry. And I'm like, listen, you're a grown man. If you don't want to eat it, don't eat it. You got self-control. I'm going to eat my Doritos. Y'all don't know whether to laugh or like you're feeling uncomfortable, right? It's okay, guys. We're laughing. Pastor Robert, you're laughing. He's laughing. Yeah. Okay. But I say that because I get very frustrated very quickly so when it comes to not seeing the results I want to see as quickly as I need to see them so here we have I go on a diet this past week I did it I posted on Instagram I'm eating salad only no carbs you feel me no carbs getting my summer body right well day two I see what a donut and I'm like I want the donut but I avoid it so then I go I get on the scale. Uh, My weight hasn't changed in two days. I'm shocked by that. And also I'm not seeing abs like I need to see abs. Okay. So now I'm frustrated because two days I've been eating salad. I ain't got the results that I need to see. So you know what I do? I go eat the donut for comfort food. How many of us literally, because we aren't seeing the results as quickly as we want to, we give up. Consistency is key. When I was I had a trainer once upon a time after I had my second baby. One month, that's all I got, that's all I gave. But I'll never forget, I had my 10 pound weights. You couldn't tell me nothing, okay? 10 pounds, just one, two, three. I'm on about 12 and I'm starting to feel a little bit of the burn, okay? I'm starting to feel, and all of a sudden the trainer says, it's when you start to feel the burn that you're getting stronger. She said, literally, you're starting to feel the burn, so that means you're getting more defined. And so I just come today just to remind someone that I know you may be feeling a little bit of the burn, okay? You may be a little frustrated. You may feel like you don't know if you could take another rep, but God is saying stay consistent because on the other side of your consistency, you're building strength. You're getting definition. God is making you into who he's created you to be, but you've got to keep showing up. Hannah keeps showing up. You know what else is consistent? Number two is the taunting is consistent. So while Hannah is consistent, prayer, like showing up, she's praying, she's doing all the things she's supposed to do, the enemy is just as consistent. And I think a lot of us think that whenever we give our lives to Jesus, that the taunting, the temptations, the torment is going to stop. I actually think it only increases because now you're a threat to the enemy you 're a threat to hell, so hell comes comes at you, but we don't shrink back in intimidation we 're not afraid because our eyes are fixed on jesus this is this is no joke I honestly I I don't think I could have done it. But Hannah is doing it. She's in her house. What? Our house is our safe place, right? Our house is where we can let our hair down and put our bonnets on and walk around with zit cream and just looking a mess, you know? It's our safety. And yet in her home, tears flowing as she lays in bed at night and she can hear Panina's children laughing and playing and mommy, daddy, it's, taunting her. It's tormenting her. She longs to have children and she can't escape the taunting, the tormenting. They gather around the table for dinner and they all have their little families and she's faced with the taunting and the tormenting. She even leaves her home and then she goes to the sanctuary. And the sanctuary means refuge She goes to her other place of refuge and there she can expect taunting and tormenting. I think some of us are like Hannah today and you love Jesus, but you're going through some things. Maybe you're sitting in the same room, forced to sit in the same room as your abuser. You're taunted, you love Jesus, you serve Jesus and yet bad things are happening. You're trying to forgive the spouse that wounded you. You live with them day to day, trying to figure out, but the taunting and the tormenting, you're trying to come to church on Mother's Day, but it's just a little too hard because the celebration is actually a highlight of the void and you just, the taunting and the tormenting. What do you do when you're being taunted? Hannah shows us, you stay consistent. You keep showing up because consistency is strengthening you. I know you can't see it now, but you're getting stronger. I know you can't see it now, but you're getting stronger. I know you can't see it now, but you're getting stronger. I know you don't feel it now, but you're getting wiser. I know you don't see it now, but you're getting stronger. Can I repeat myself? I know you can't see it. I know it doesn't feel like it, but you're getting stronger. Keep showing up. Stay consistent and keep praying Number three, prayer transforms us. We have house rules here at Social. House of Prayer is number one. You know why? Because prayer changes things. We believe it. Last week, Paul Scanlon taught on a brilliant message with just the practicality, right? It was so practical and so powerful. But let me tell you something. Practical is great, but you better throw in that prayer because prayer changes things. You know what's powerful is whenever prayer and practical collide, then you have an unstoppable force in the earth. And that's what we see happening here that Hannah is a prayer warrior. The beauty of prayer is that it's not wasted because prayer, prayer is either changing your situation or it's changing you. But either way, things are changing. Ooh, I love that. That's personal for me. Even when we don't see it, things are changing. It says that Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite, Christian soul. She prayed to God and cried and cried. Hannah was praying in her heart. You hear this over and over again, silently. Her lips moved, but no sound was heard. you know what type of level of desperation and devastation you're at whenever you're crying out to God but there's no sound coming out? Have you ever been there before? I have, where I'm so devastated that I'm on my face before the Lord. I don't know how I'm gonna get through what I'm facing and I cry out to God and I have no words. There's no sound. Then later it goes down and she begins to say, I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Hannah, a woman of warfare. In the midst of her enemies, in the midst of her disappointment, she was warring. She was warned. She was desperate to see God invade her situation. But I love it because prayer began to shift Hannah's countenance. Prayer changes things. Verse six, Hannah was reduced to tears and had no appetite. But verse 18, she ate heartily and her face was radiant. In between those verses, there's still no baby. But what changed? Prayer changed prayer began to transform Hannah. I believe it began to transform her perspective of how she saw herself and how God saw Hannah. The gap between six and 18, the gap between six and 18, a life of prayer, a woman of warfare, not stopping just because she feels defeated, but warring and writing the future with her prayers. Did you know that we write the future with our prayers? We literally change generations with our prayers. Never underestimate the power of what you're declaring in the secret place. I am standing as a living testimony for someone who was actually travailing and warring and going to battle for me in the secret place. When I was acting all crazy and rebellious and I low-key lost my mind, allowing other people and other things to fill the voids in my life, there was also someone warring on my behalf. We write the future with our prayers. Hannah realized in that moment that God, if I have you, then I've got everything that I need. And I believe that God brings often, brings us to a place. If I had an answer of why God would possibly close Hannah's womb, that would be the best answer that I have is that he is a God that loves us so much and wants us to grasp and understand that if we have him, we have everything that we need. Her countenance changed. Why? Because she realized, if I have you, I'm gonna be okay. Number four, action makes it happen. Say, do something. Say it again, do something where the prayer meets the practical. Can we talk about it? So if Hannah had just prayed, then there would still be no baby, right? Right. Prayer meets the practical. It says, verse 19, Elkanah slept with Hannah, his wife. I love this part. They did something, you see what I'm saying? They did something. And then it says, and God began making the necessary arrangements in response to what she had asked. When the prayer meets the practical, do something. Can you do something today? Are you excited to do something today? You're not gonna stay in defeat or despair, but you're gonna get up in the hope of the Lord that only comes through Jesus Christ. You're gonna do something, yeah? Yeah. Hannah gets pregnant. Man, Hannah gets pregnant you know, we all benefit because Hannah got pregnant. You know that? She gives birth to Samuel. Samuel was one of the greatest prophets of Israel. Samuel was the prophet that handpicked King David. Why? Because he heard the voice of God. He followed the voice of God. He obeyed the voice of God. And I can't help but believe that Samuel inherited his ability to hear the voice of God, to know the voice of God from his praying mama, Hannah, who knew how to war in the secret place. Do you hear what I'm saying? Mamas, never underestimate the power of your prayers. Mama, never underestimate the tears that are flowing down your face and the the moments where you're on your knees and you don't know if you're going to be able to get up and get out. And God hears you. He sees you and he's responding It may not be as soon as you want it, but he's working. I stand before you today and I remember the days that I prayed for the things that I have now. For real, for real. For real, for real. Just so you know, I really believe what I'm saying. Because... He's done it for me. You ever heard that? If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. No, but for real, for real. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you and he'll keep doing it. You'll have a testimony and you'll be a, you are a trophy of his grace. I told you earlier, I shouldn't be here today. It do not even make sense of why I'm here and why I have the life that I have, but God, surrender, trusting even in seasons where it didn't make sense, I just aligned myself with the Word of God. It wasn't easy, not perfect, but God. Mother's Day 2020, it looked different. I was in my home, I was the cameraman. We were trying to figure out social. It wasn't a church yet, but yet we had a couple people that were watching online. And, you know, it doesn't matter about num- numbers. As long as it's one, it matters, right? So I think we had about three people watching. Maybe my laptop in the kitchen was the other one. So we really had two people watching. That's embarrassing, but it's fine. Um, I was preparing for my Mother's Day message, 2020. We're quarantined. The kids are going crazy. Pastor Robert has mentioned it before. He went through a really hard time in 2020. And the first time he experienced depression and he was in bed and I was trying to figure out what to do in this barrenness. I was weary. I was broken. I was confused. Had a lot of questions, but I also knew I had to keep going. And so I prepare my message in two hours. Feel like very talk about feeling inadequate. Feel it. Feel felt so inadequate, but I did it anyways. Feel afraid. Do it afraid. So I set my little camera up, record the Mother's Day message, and. I just remember believing that God, it's not about the numbers, it's just about my yes and my faithfulness to your perfect plan and your perfect will. And so today, I remember praying that God would move, that God would anoint social, that God would expand social in the sense, not necessarily in numbers, but just the reality that we would be a house that would draw near to the Father, that we would be a house that longs for His presence, that yes, we have our run sheets and our systems, but we never sacrifice that whenever He shows up, that we will take a moment and pause when we ask Him to come that we will allow him to come and stay, that we don't just shut him down. And so today is a miracle. I prayed for these days. Even when I couldn't see it, I prayed for these days. And so I want everyone to stand today. I think we can learn a lot from Hannah. Hannah means grace. She is a trophy of grace. I love what God has already done in the room, but I do wanna invite anyone in just a moment. Maybe you're in your season of barrenness, so you need a little strength. You need some people to come alongside you and be the tear the roof off friends, right? They're gonna get you to the feet of Jesus. And so I'm gonna have the prayer team come forward. If you feel like you just need help. You need some strength. You need some support. Social, we have we are a family. We want to be present for you. We want to pray with you. We want to support you. I'm going to have Doe and the worship team lead in just a moment. There's nothing that our God can't do. We're victorious, y'all. That's the beauty is that God is writing this story, and I promise you what he has on the other side of Your season of barrenness is going to blow your mind. Before we pray for strength and all those things that we need from the Father, what is strength without salvation, right? So, I want to give you the opportunity for those. Everyone, bow your heads. And if you just want to make Jesus Savior of your life, and you've never done that before, I'm gonna pray a prayer and you can repeat after me. It's, it's really simple. God, I give you my life today. I may not really know what I'm doing. I may not know what's on the other side of this, but I ask for the helper, that you would be my helper, that you would hold my hand and you would guide me on this new journey today I want to make you, I choose to make you savior of my life. I receive you into my heart and I'm excited to start this journey with you. I love you. Cleanse me and help me. In Jesus name, amen and amen. We would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family. Please head to our website socialdallas.online and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world.